0: hello hello i'm kenna i'm kawal and welcome back to diagnosing a killer mental breakdown There you have it, ladies and gents. We are
1: back with ladies another and
0: joins. <laughs> I hate that goils, so goils and joins. The girly girls. <laughs> Shout out Haley and Anae and oh. Kalen. <laughs> Even though they don't listen, it's okay. It's
1: okay. I Nobody know, ever anyways. listens. <laughs>
0: it's fine. Um, we are back with another mental breakdown. I. I actually did something different for this one, so I'm really excited about it. No celebrities, no killers. I am going all the way in with the diagnoses. Okay. I'm just going to get right into it, Mm -hmm. because this is going to be a longer than usual mental breakdown. Okay. So I decided to research the top ten rarest Mental disorders.
1: Ooh, I had only heard
0: of like (laughs) three of these. Really? I swear. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of spurt spurt these off. Excuse me. So number one, it's not in any particular order. So the first one that I'm gonna talk about is called Kill Cap Syndrome, and it's spelled K H Y A L. It's Cambodian. It's like where Hmm. it's most prevalent. Uh, So Kill Cap, or better known as Wind Attacks, is a syndrome found among Cambodians in the United States and Cambodia. According to the DSM 5, common symptoms are similar to those of uh, panic attacks. Uh, these include dizziness, palpitations, shortness of breath, and cold extremities, hmm. along with the symptoms of anxiety and anatomic arousal, such as tinnitus and neck
1: soreness. Why is it only in Cambodians? Well, you'll see not only but m- most often found yeah. in cambodians
0: now these attacks are centered on kill which is a wind-like substance this is uh like a phenomenon so it's rising in the body and the blood and it causes a range of serious effects serious effects so like you know when you get the wind knocked out of you it's kind of like yeah. getting the wind knocked into you right it's, yeah. i know it's a little bit different uh they may occur without warning and the attacks usually meet the criteria for panic attacks um there's actually a study done in culture medicine and psychiatry that found that Cambodian refugees with PTSD often complain of these attacks. Wow. It involves a great fear that death might occur from bodily dysfunction. So a headache from panic attacks, yeah. shortness of breath, you think that you will die from those symptoms. Oh my gosh. Um, kill cap is an example of a cultural syndrome or a syndrome that tends to co occur among individuals in specific cultural groups, communities, or contexts. That explains why it's mostly prevalent in wow. you know, one area. Mm-hmm. During the Pol Pot regimen, uh, that was from 1975 to 1979, one to three million of Cambodia's population of seven million died of starvation, illness, or execution. It was very tragic. Uh, major awful. traumas, of course, followed, including slave labor, slave labor, starvation, disease, physical displacement, lack of shelter, physical and sexual violence, and the torture and killing of friends and relatives. Uh, they were pretty much in a constant threat of death, like everybody, yeah. Yeah, by illness, starvation, or execution. Okay, so at the end of the Pol Pot, like I said, in 1979, uh, Vietnamese troops invaded the country, leaving civilians to be trapped. There was, of course, a lot of fighting going on, and they were exposed to artillery and like small arms fire. Mm. Um, but even ma- after managing to escape from Cambodia, as many were able to do during this chaos, uh, refugees still had to endure the additional hardship of long stays in dangerous refugee camps, of course. So it's like um,
1: a combination between, like, panic attacks and almost PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and wow. uh, maybe acute stress as well. Yeah. So,
0: all in all, my point to this being that the factors that occurred here determined the levels of the disorder that would eventually develop and would be expected from the extraordinary levels of trauma, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cambodian refugees have high rates of uh, psychopathology. Wow. There was a, a large survey that I uh, looked up. They did a re- uh, they did research on it. It was... a uh, Total of five hundred and eighty-six Cambodian refugees in Long Beach, California, found that sixty-two percent of them had PTSD and fifty-one percent had major depression disorder. Wow! Among Cambodian refugees treated at psychiatric clinic in the Boston area, uh, another study found that fifty-six percent had PTSD with elevated elevated PTSD scores on a uh, PTSD scale, mm-hmm. and another sixty uh, percent rate of panic disorder, Jeez. Uh, which they culturally refer to as "kill cat." Yeah. So that's the first one.
1: Wow. And I say,
0: I say rarest mental disorders, but I'm over here 56%. Yeah. Like that's a lot, you know?
1: Of an an entire culture of people. Mm -hmm.
0: So the second cultural syndrome that I want to talk about is called Kufungisia, or it's also referred to as uh, thinking too much. Oh, It's found among the Shona people of Zimbabwe mostly. Okay. And many cultures thinking too much is considered to be damaging to the mind and body, uh, which causes specific symptoms like headaches and dizziness. I mean,
1: that's really cu- even in our culture,
0: thinking too much, stressing too much is really it can be really damaging yeah, to your health. Yeah, it
1: elevates your blood pressure and all that stuff. Yeah. So, cuckoo- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have had such a hard time yeah. saying this word. We probably laughed. <laughs> about it for like 5 whole <laughs> minutes just now and then I messed up again. Kufungisia involves ruminating on upsetting thoughts, particularly worries, and as a cultural expression, it's considered to be causative to anxiety, depression and some problematic uh, problematic symptoms. So, example, my heart is painful because I think too much. That's how they would uh interpret that in uh, Zimbabwe. Thinking too much is a common idiom of distress and cultural explanation across many countries and et- ethnic groups, uh, including Africa, the Caribbean, Latin America and among East Asian and Native American groups. Hmm. The term cultural concept of distress is a new addition to the DSM... Five. Cultural concept of of distress refers to ways that cultural groups experience, understand, and communicate suffering, behavioral problems, or troubling thoughts and emotions. The term is a recent advance in the history of attempts to categorize uh, psychological distress with demonstrable cultural influence that lacks one-to-one unity with biomedical psychiatric diagnoses. That's, like, a mouthful, but pretty much it's, like, there's similarities in all of these syndromes, disorders, and stuff across different cultures, but we name them different things. So mm. they kind of have their own interpretation yeah. of it. So I was that- going
1: to say, when you when you were listing off those countries, like Africa, Latin America, the Caribbean, like, I feel like that's so many people. Yeah, Why are we, like, clearly that's a very real diagnosis, Yeah, you think? Like- yeah, definitely.
0: Well, yeah, so they they kind of put all of those uh, different cultural ones under that umbrella of cultural concepts of distress in the DSM. I see.
1: I feel kind of weird about that. It's, it's a little like, like... It's kind of like, oh, that's your interpretation of what yeah, that is. Yeah, it's a little and off-putting. It's like, but it, it is. Like, it's kind of like, again, this is number two on the most rarest disorders yeah. or symptoms or... But,
0: yeah, it's just you know, rare not disorders symptoms, in general. But was, not the top ones, two,
1: but... No, I know, but I mean, like, what I'm saying, like, was the, that's... Like, millions of people. Yeah. And I think how that's is, maybe what we makes not listening it about this? this
0: one specifically rare, quote-unquote, is because it's... Kufungisia. Kufungisia is specifically in Zimbabwe. Yeah. I think that's why it's oh, rare. Oh, because of the word yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's the whole concept. It's yeah. called CCD is the, the cultural concept. I see. So the attempt to label CCD dates back to Palmen Yap's research in Hong Kong in the 1950s and 60s. Um, He employed the term culture-bound depersonalization syndrome to describe KORO, which in their culture is a state of acute anxiety with partial depersonalization Hmm. associated with fear of the penis retracting into the body. (gasps) So this is under that same umbrella, but just in a different cultural. I see.
1: Okay. But it's cultural concepts of disorders.
0: The the term cultural-bound syndrome has been used in cross-cultural psychiatry since and was included in the DSM-IV. So number three is called clinical lycanthropy. Uh, so, cl- clinical lycanthropy involves a delusion that the affected person can transform into an animal. <gasps> it's often associated with turning into a wolf or werewolf.
1: Oh, like other ken. Yes. I think that's so cool.
0: The name of the syndrome originates from the mythical condition of lycanthropy or shape-shifting into wolves. Uh, people with this disorder believe that they can take the form of any particular animal, and during this delusion or hallucination, affected individuals, individuals can act like the animal. Hmm. For instance, people may act like wolves and be found in forests and wooded areas. The Journal of Neuropsychiatry and Clinical Neurosciences labels this disorder as a type of delusional misidentification syndrome. Since 1850, there have been 56 original cases, descriptions of people who believed they were metamorphosing into an animal. Since 1850, it's been almost 200 years, and there's only been 56,
1: 56 cases. cases.
0: Among these 56, only 13 met the criteria for clinical lycanthropy, which is, again, the medical term for having delusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the adjective clinical is used to emphasize that the condition does not mean actual lycanthropy or the ability to metamorphose phys- physically, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but only 13 out of those 56 have been actually diagnosed and said this is a, you are you have clinical lycanthropy. hmm and 56 i guess are the descriptions reported of cases. people yeah reported cases okay
1: okay but reported is not diagnosed we yeah. We're saying 13 of them have been diagnosed i think that's really interesting yeah there is such thing as called other kin mm-hmm. and other kin is basically that it's yeah. like a i guess like a layman's term for the for the actual term yes mhm would be other kin
0: yes so number 4 you might remember you being Coel and you being the listeners, might remember from the Josh Phillips case, uh, it is depersonalization, derealization disorder. Mm. And I did briefly speculate that Josh Phillips um, may have been suffering from this disorder at the time that he killed Maddie Clifton. I don't know if that's true or not, but mm-hmm. that's just something that could have been a possibility. Yeah. So depersonalization, derealization disorder, it's described as the separation from oneself, self, one's surroundings, or both. Patients who have this disorder feel as though they are observing themselves from outside their own body. They may also believe that things aren't real, as though their surroundings are distorted or time is speeding up or slowing down. Mm. Uh, one or both of these tendencies can lead to DDD. I'm just going to call it that because it's a long title. Symptoms must be persistent to qualify for a diagnosis because according to Psychology Today, it's normal to feel this way briefly due to side effects of medication, recreational drugs, or some other physical or mental health condition. Mm-hmm. So it has to be persistent and ongoing. So something similar but not the exact same called transient depersonalization, derealization is actually quite common. This situation occurs when you experience depersonalization from symptoms but b- very briefly. Mm-hmm. So you you have a fleeting feeling of being detached from yourself or the environment. You may feel like you're watching yourself in a movie.
1: Like and- if you're at like a really early meeting and you're just kind of yeah. like zoning out a little bit. Exactly. And, you're and just like
0: experts estimate it occurs in about half of the population. Yeah. Just the transient part Is of it. Is
1: that also like when you drive home and you f- forget like you even drove there? Yeah, and
0: you're like was that light green or did I just go through a red light? <laughs> 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 to me all Is that the same thing? <laughs> um, so reoccurring DDD occurs in less than 2% of the population, and it's very rare for depersonalization, derealization to actually need treatment, which I thought was interesting.
1: Hmm. So... Like, your brain can typically snap you out of it at some yeah, point? Yeah,
0: or maybe... Um, talk therapy or something, but I think treatment as in, like, recurring, you know. Now, coming in at number five, we have (laughs) Diogenes Syndrome. Diogenes? Diogenes.
1: Diogenes, okay.
0: The compulsive hoarding of rubbish and seemingly random items is the main feature of this syndrome. Okay. Uh, It's found mainly in the elderly and is associated with progressive dementia as well. Other characteristics include extreme self-neglect, apathy, social withdrawal, and a lack of shame. So it's pretty much, like... An extreme hoarder of, you know, trash. But is that where it's, like,
1: where it's, like, yeah, where you watch episodes of Hoarders and there's, like, excrement all over the bathroom and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, exactly. Or there's, like, literal garbage or just, like, newspapers that you don't need, things like that.
1: I find that stuff really interesting, honestly, Mm -hmm. because, like, I don't, I don't think I'm the neatest person, but I certainly don't keep, like, food stuff in my room. Mm -hmm. Like, usually just the occasional, like, empty water bottles. And I say water bottles. (laughs) (laughs) The occasional water bottles. (laughs) But um, but yeah, hardly ever food. But I do, you know. I think everybody's seen network television, national network television. I won't say the, say the. Yeah, networks, but
0: everyone's yeah. seen a uh, excerpt of something similar to. Yeah, of, of course,
1: on TV, and I think I mean it's like the one thing that doesn't jump out is the smell. You know, you can't mm-hmm. smell it, but you can see it, and yeah. you are like, how are people blind to that? Yeah. Exactly. I don't think it's not blindness. It's well, you a get used to it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, now this syndrome is a misnomer, as it is named after the Greek philosopher Diogenes of Sinep. Diogenes was a cynic who, according to the philosophy he helped found, rejected the desire for wealth, power, and fame, choosing to live free from all possessions. He found virtue in poverty, slept in a large ceramic jar, and sought social interaction.
1: Wow! Right? That, that, I feel like that's like the ulti- ultimate <laughs> camper life. What is that, like, van- hashtag van life? It's like yeah. hashtag vase life. <laughs> hashtag ceramic jar life. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so the annual incidence of this syndrome has been estimated to be around 5 per 10,000 individuals aged six or older and living alone. Those are the most hmm. common. Um, there's been mixed evidence in terms of prevalence in comorbid disorders. A study of 30 individuals with this syndrome found that 50% had no comorbid psychiatric disorder. Another study included 72 individuals with this syndrome found that isolation, alcoholism, and psychotic disorder coexisted. Um, Although these two studies had the largest sample sizes studied for the disorder, a major limitation of the studies is that they were both published before 1975. Bringing, of course, into question what? validity and reliability.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, when was the last time they ever yeah studied um, that? That's
0: just this specific study that oh, I did. I okay, okay. But over the years, several individual reports have been published highlighting the continued identification of the syndrome. Yeah, so it is still happening. It didn't just stop because this article did this article didn't have, <laughs> article didn't have <laughs> <Yeah>. an update. <laughs> um, number six is Stendhal syndrome. So those with Stendhal syndrome experience physical and emotional anxiety as well as panic attacks, dissociative experiences, confusion, and hallucinations when exposed to art. What? It's very unheard
1: of. That's really unheard of. Yeah.
0: These symptoms are usually triggered by, quote, art that is perceived as particularly beautiful or when the individual is exposed to large quantities of art that are concentrated in a single place, such as a museum or gallery. However, individuals may experience similar reactions to beauty in nature. Mm Mm-hmm. The syndrome is named after a 19th century French author who experienced symptoms during a trip to Florence in 1817. Stendhal syndrome may also be called hyperculture mania or Florence syndrome. There wasn't a lot of information about prevalence, but I did find that in 1989, an Italian psychiatrist in the Santa Maria Nuova Hospital in Florence wrote up observations on the 106 visitors who had been treated as emergencies and even hospitalized in her department in the previous decade. Most of them had been transported straight to the hospital from the city's art galleries and museums. Their symptoms including dizzy spells, palpitations, hallucinations, disorientation, loss of identity, and physical exhaustion. Precipitating factors, things that also could have made this happen, uh, were an impressionable personality, the stress of travel, and the encounter with a city like Florence, because it's known for being haunted by ghosts of the Great, uh, and death in the perspective of history.
1: Well, it's also massive, and yeah. it's also
0: gorgeous. And it's overwhelming, so. I feel like. Yeah, yeah I mean, people so. are
1: just going to faint when they go to Florence. So again, this
0: was in... 1989, and the treatment was just getting out of Italy as soon as possible.
1: <laughs> so, there's no really known cause. You got him, yeah, or or you know treatment.
0: Number seven, sorry. just getting out of Italy.
1: So <laughs> everybody's like, just leave. the fuck out I you. feel like they made that up just to get rid of tourists, right?
0: <laughs> Number seven is called a Podumnophilia. Also known as Body Integrity Identity Disorder, apodemnophilia is characterized by the overwhelming desire to amputate healthy parts of the body.
1: Oh my god, that's awful.
0: Though not much is known about it, this disorder is believed to be neurological. Those affected may amputate or attempt to amputate their own limbs or damage the limbs so that surgical amputation is necessary. That's
1: so scary.
0: Apodemnophilia may be related to damage to the right lobe in the brain. Uh, The condition is challenging to treat because people experiencing it often do not seek treatment. Yeah. Uh, However, both cognitive behavioral therapy and aversion therapies can be attempted in order to treat it once treatment is sought. So the incidence of this disorder is estimated to be several thousand people worldwide. Wow. Uh, This is partially based on the number of affected participants in, you know, relevant internet forums that people, you know, confide in. But it's not a set number.
1: Is it not, it's not a part of, like, what would be considered, like, a self-harm thing? I don't think so. Oh, it's says it's,
0: well, it says it's it's assumed to be neurological. Yeah, um, fewer people are affected by the desire to be blind. Official estimations of its frequency are not currently available, but this part of a similar disorder is that people are they want to be blind, so they induce blindness on themselves.
1: But it, okay, so Andre Thomas pulled out his own eyes. Is that? I think something I th- that he suffered from. You
0: can hear what I'm going to say next. The okay. exclusion criteria for this includes psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia or delusional okay. disorders. So, okay. schizo- If you are diagnosed with schizophrenia, you cannot, uh, in turn, be diagnosed it's, with this. Yeah. It would be a main comorbidity. Yeah.
1: It would be a main contributor for actions like that instead yeah. of this. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, number eight I have for you is called. Alien hand syndrome. (gasps) Alien hands. This syndrome is characterized by the belief that one's hand has its own life and doesn't belong to itself. Individuals experiencing alien hand syndrome have normal sensation but feel that their hand is autonomous. Those with alien hand syndrome may personify the limb as a separate entity... The unaffected hand is under the individual's control, while the affected hand has its own agenda.
1: It's like Idle Hands. Do you ever see Idle Hands? No. Idle Hands? Mm-hmm. No. From a, It was a 90s movie with Devon Sawa, mm-hmm. and I think it's like one of Jessica Alba's first movies ever, and again, it's in the 90s, and it has, like, Bay Devon Sawa and Bay Seth Green. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I love Seth Green. <laughs> I love Seth Green. But yeah, he's in it, and then, uh, but it's about Devon Sawa's hand is, like, possessed by a devil, That's and it kills similar. people. <laughs> <I> oh <don't know. laughs> yeah, but um, that's exactly what that sounds like.
0: Yeah. So this syndrome is uh, thought to occur in individuals who have damage to the corpus callosum, which mm. connects the two cerebral hemispheres of the brain. Hmm. Other causes include stroke and damage to the parietal lobe. The hands then appear to be in an intermanual conflict or uh, meaning they act in opposition to one another. Wow. A remarkable form of hemi inattention occurs in the alien hand syndrome. In this disorder, a patient's left hand retains at least rumi- rudimentary motor and sensory functions, but the patient cannot control its movements or appreciate its sensations. Without the patient awareness, the hand moves semi-purposefully, independently, making autonomous explorations and performing simple tasks such as scratching or moving like moving clothes around Mm -hmm. on the body in an often quoted example a patient reported that her hand intermittently attempted to choke her patients may treat the hand as though it were an errant child sometimes rebunking slapping or chastising it the alien hand syndrome definition technically requires that the patient reveals two misperceptions one, the patient does not possess the hand, and two, because the hand movement takes place without the patient's knowledge and control, another person, a.k.a. the alien, governs it. Most patients simply feel estranged from the hand or only accept a ten- tenuous relationship with it. Non-dominant lobe injury underlies most cases, but some have occurred in the context of corpus callosum injury. Alien hand syndrome is present in approximately 60% of affected individuals.
1: That's yeah. incredible. What an incredible syndrome. Yeah. That's...
0: It's, it's very different than what we're used to seeing yeah. when we talk about mental disorders.
1: So, number nine is called
0: Capgras Syndrome. This syndrome is named for Joseph Capgras, a French psychiatrist who explored the illusion of doubles. This one I was blown away with reading about. Those with Capgras Syndrome hold the delusional belief that someone in their life, usually a spouse, close friend, or family member, has been replaced by an imposter. Yes. It can occur in patients with schizophrenia, dementia, or epilepsy, and after a, t- a traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. Treatment approaches mirror those utilized for the underlying disorders and can often include antipsychotic medications. The retrospective evaluation of patient files and 920 cases admitted to the psychiatric inpatient unit on this um, article that I read over five years revealed that 12 patients fulfilled the criteria for Capgras syndrome. Hmm. The crude prevalence of Capgras syndrome in this population during the five-year period was 1.3% schizophrenia with being 50% was the most common psychiatric diagnosis in these patients and only two patients presented with an organic etiology underlying Capgras syndrome so only two patients had this with no other underlying really yeah
1: I think I've heard of that when in like certain cases where people have shot people that they know yeah especially like I remember one case I'm pretty sure I'm not mistaken about this there was an elderly guy who had been diagnosed schizophrenic and he ended up shooting, I think it was his son, Ugh. because he thought he was an imposter. And he thought it, that if it he. It sounds
0: like dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, it's scary. The 10th and final one that I have for you today is called Alice in Wonderland Syndrome. (gasps) It's also known as Todd Syndrome. Mm -hmm. But Alice in Wonderland Syndrome is a neurological condition in in which one's perception of their body image, time, or space is distorted. Just like the movie. Interesting. Those experience this syndrome may have hallucinations, sensory distortion, and an altered sense of velocity. Though there are many symptoms, the most prevalent one is altered body image. Mm -hmm. Patients are confused about the size and shape and parts of their bodies, which... Alice in Wonderland, when she eats the The mushrooms, mushrooms, she gets bigger or smaller. Um, These symptoms can trigger panic and fear responses, of course. Alice in Wonderland syndrome is often associated with frequent migraines, brain tumors, or drug use, and can affect children between the ages of 5 and 10. It's actually relatively common in children. Wow. Alice in Wonderland syndrome has no proven effective treatment, but treatment programs for the probable causes of the condition are employed to bring about relief. So that's all I have. That was a lot of that's disorders, really kind incredible. of really quickly. But I just yeah. thought it was super interesting to do the the rarest ones yeah. because you don't hear about those, especially right. you know in cases uh, with criminal activity. You don't really hear about those ones because yeah. there's other. Symptoms that usually outshine or outweigh those, right. uh, those other ones.
1: It was really interesting, like, the cultural aspect when you talked about the people of Cambodia or the Kufangisya? Yeah. That the was... Zimbabwe. Yeah. The, yeah. That it was really interesting that I, I kind of, I don't know, like, I feel a little weird about the fact that it's under a cultural blanket. Yeah. We all mean the same thing, right? But just because it's not in the DSM-5, we call it something yeah. else. And I guess that's just, like, maybe an American thing, um... But, yeah, I think it's really interesting, like, cultural, like, the thought of thinking too much. Yeah. The thought of thinking too much is, like, detrimental to you and how, you know, and again, like, we talked about it relating to anxiety disorders or stress disorders. It's really interesting. It really really does kind
0: of shed light on, you know, like you said, the different cultural aspects. I feel like I learned a lot, but it also is, it shows how similar, you know, we are to people on the other side of the world. You Mm. know, we might believe different things when it comes down to it but things like that resonate with each other and they're really similar i just think that's super interesting Mm -hmm. if you guys have any out there disorders that you want us to talk about that are rare or you know not really talked about very often or like not really heard of please let us know we will talk about it for sure
1: Um, Thanks for bringing the topic. That was really cool. Yeah, I I popped into
0: my head last night and I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. I started researching (laughs) and I was like, I have to. And, you know, there's many more than just those 10. I just wanted to make it not a three-hour episode. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, thanks for for coming. Awesome. Like you have a choice. Thanks for being (laughs) here. here. Thanks for listening. Uh, You guys can follow us on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer. We also have Twitter at Killer Diagnosis, uh, Diagnosing a Killer at gmail.com, Patreon.com slash Diagnosing a Killer. And if you didn't listen to our last episode, we were on Great Day SA. You can find that by Googling Great Day SA, that is SA as in San Antonio, uh, 12, 17, 2021. And our article pop up. Okay. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. 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 (laughs) So number two, coming in at number two. Number two. It is called Good Luck. Ku Fung Jizia. I think it's Gizia. Giz I put it in there uh, phonetically, but I think it's
1: giz Gis Gizia. I,
0: I don't want to say Jizia.
1: <laughs> Jizia.
0: Okay, no totally. It's
1: full scale Jizia. <laughs> is that what you said? Oh, <laughs> okay. Goo fung jizya. <laughs> You know? I'm gonna say giz, giz- yeah.
0: So coming in at number two, we have well, I say coming in at number two like it's an order, I, I said no protection. Coming in, order. in at number
1: two, it's jizz.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't someone cut that part out. I was like coming in. The second disorder or the second symptom I'm gonna stop it.
1: <laughs> coming in at number two, like it's the hot one hundred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> number two for this week's so week Kung Fu Jizia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not kung fu, it's kufong.
1: <laughs> kung fu
0: jizya. <laughs> I went in over here. It's kung fu jizya. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cold. Oh Giz. <sighs> G- I think it's Gizia, actually. Yeah, that's what it's it is.
1: It's probably Gizia. No, no, it's kung
0: fungisia. is what it is. That's what
1: Cufung- it is. Okay. okay. Like fungi. Jeez. Yes, Fung, okay. fungus. <sighs> okay, oh,
0: <crap>. Okay. God <sighs> damn it. Okay. <sighs> Drink some Alwita. <sighs> okay. Ready? Ready. So the second syndrome I'm going to talk about today is called... <laughs> Ku Gu- Gu- okay. fung Okay. Coupung- so the second syndrome that I want to talk about is called kufung. <laughs> fucking a.
1: How is it spelled? Coup-
0: <laughs> no, I I looked up how to pronounce it. I looked up this pron- pronunciation. I put it phonetically. I know that I'm saying it right. I just can't say it. So the second syndrome that I want to talk about is called kufungjizia. <laughs>
1: I got
0: this i got this shit <laughs> <laughs> i yeah, just take this one out can we're we just take only, this
1: one? we're only on number two okay how many other <laughs> funny words do you have on there <laughs> if this is the hardest <laughs> one to pronounce okay
0: Cultural syndrome that I want to talk about is called Kufungisia. You did it. I did it right. Yeah.